Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Big news today. I'm sure you've heard by now. Really no surprise. Vice President Joe Biden chooses California Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate to be vice president. So first time a minority woman has been on the presidential ticket. Now I want you to take a moment and just think about this, okay? If, and this is a big if, but if Joe Biden were to win, you would have a former San Francisco district attorney as vice president, assuming that the Democrats hold the House, the Speaker of the House also from San Francisco, okay? So now take a moment and imagine this. You're gonna have the entire country essentially being run by San Francisco policies. Some might dub that California love, Tupac. Hopefully you get the joke. So we're gonna see if Kamala can shore up some of the minority vote for Joe Biden and his campaign. I say that because the tide seems to be turning for President Trump. Things seem to be trending in the right direction for him as of late, especially in the great state of Minnesota, which by the way, today's primary day. So more on that in a moment with Minnesota GOP Chairwoman Jennifer Carnahan. A brand new poll out from Emerson College has got Biden up. We can bring the graphic up, please. By three points, 50 to 47. Now, the reason I share that with you is because things seem to be trending in President Trump's direction. According to Real Clear Politics and their polling average, President Trump has made up 10 points. 10 points in less than a month. Fox News had Biden up by 13 points. Less than a month ago, the latest polls got Biden up only by three. So we'll see where it ends up. Obviously, there's more than you know, around two and a half months to go, but the momentum is going in Trump's direction. Also, according to this Emerson College poll, Minnesota U.S. Senator Tina Smith leads GOP U.S. Senate candidate Jason Lewis by just three points. We're working to have both of them on tomorrow night's show after the primary, so please be sure and join us for that. We're also going to have the chairman, we were going to have, I should say, the chairman of the Democrat uh, party in Minnesota. Ken Martin join us. Unfortunately, they did not get back to us in time. They offered the interview and then uh, I don't know what happened, so I'm not going to speculate. But someone who did say yes to us tonight and is going to join us here live from, it looks like kind of a celebration party, if I'm not mistaken, the Minnesota, Minnesota GOP Chairwoman Jennifer Carnahan. Uh, GOP Chairwoman Carnahan, great to have you back on the show. Uh, where are you at right now? I am in Olivia, Minnesota. This is the primary night party for the 7th Congressional District Republicans and also for Michelle Fishbach. So we are here, people are getting ready and Michelle Fishbach will be here around eight o'clock and we will watch the returns and hopefully have a wonderful celebration tonight. We're gonna get to Minnesota CD7 in a moment. I just kinda wanna go down the ticket here for a moment. I'm sure you heard the news, but I know you did because you tweeted this out. I wanna share with our audience your tweet about the Kamala Harris decision and give you a chance to share some more on this. But you said this, Kamala Harris is VP pick for Joe Biden is the greatest gift Dems have given the president. Harris compared law enforcement to officials of the KKK, supports the $93 trillion Green New Deal, and thinks her own candidate is a racist. She's even less likable than Clinton. What, what has you saying those things specifically? Well, look at how she performed when she was running for president and trying to get her party's nomination. She fell flat very early. She did not get the support from the base of her own party, even the left-wing base of her party, which we all know she's very left-wing, and her candidacy just never really took off. I think she came across very angry, very unlikable, and again, when folks are turning out to the polls on November 3rd, especially from the Democratic side, from that core base that they're expecting, is the same thing going to happen that happened to Hillary Clinton? Are those voters going to go elsewhere? Are some of those people going to come to President Trump? 
Are they going to skip that line on the ballot? You know, what will happen? I think we're going to see a very, very similar trend as to what we saw in 2016. Yeah, it's interesting because today President Trump had his press conference and he, he actually, you know, he keeps talking about, hey, let's play college football, let's play college football. And then he translated that into the Kamala Harris pick. And he's like, you know, honestly, that was kind of my first round choice. Like, I, I was hoping he would pick Kamala Harris, meaning Joe Biden. I thought that was sort of an interesting take. Quickly, because I want to I want to move on to this. Uh, Talk about the ground game a little bit. You know, what are the, you see the polling, it's tightening, but can President Trump make Minnesota red again? A hundred percent. You know, this has been in the works for over the past four years. In 2016, the president came within one and a half points or 44,000 votes of winning our state. And then we came back two years later and we were the only state in the country that flipped two U.S. House seats from Democrat to Republican in what was considered a blue wave. And now here we are at 2020. The ground game that the president's team has invested into Minnesota was on the ground 14 months ago. They've surpassed 2 million direct voter contacts. They've registered thousands of voters. We are out in every corner of our state, engaging volunteers, talking to voters, and championing the president's accomplishment over the last four years, whereas Biden's team just put together an operation in Minnesota less than a month ago and hasn't even really started moving. So we have such an enormous head start on them in terms of the voter contact efforts, and we feel very optimistic about our chances. It seems like the key, obviously, is going to be to get out the vote in greater Minnesota, the Iron Range, you know, CD1, but also if you can peel off some votes in suburban Minnesota, uh, maybe some more urban areas, especially with the women, due to what's happening with law enforcement in Minneapolis and things of that nature, what are you seeing in your polling? What are you hearing from more of the suburban women in Minnesota? The suburban women and the suburban families have a lot of concern about what transpired in Minneapolis and St. Paul, watching those mayors not being able to handle the situation, watching the governor sit on his hands and let our cities burn down. I was out at a graduation party last weekend in a suburb, Rogers, Minnesota, with a lot of people, and their comment was, we'll never let our kids go into Minneapolis. You know, we don't want to go anywhere near that city. There's a lot of concern. So this whole defunding the police narrative, the Democrats may think it works for them, but it doesn't. And that's going to be a big mistake as they continue to move forward because it's not only the suburban voter, it's also the greater Minnesota voter. And it's also the voters that actually live in these cities themselves. So let's talk about where you're at tonight. You're at the Michelle Fishbach event. Um, there's five GOPers, not even just total. There's five GOPers that are running to win this nomination tonight here in CD7 to eventually run against Congressman Colin Peterson. David Hughes has ran a couple of good races against uh, Chairman Peterson. So one, what makes you believe Michelle Fishbach can win tonight? And I think more importantly in the big picture, why should people in Greater Minnesota, an ag-related district, vote out Chairman Peterson, Chairman of the Ag Committee? Well, first of all, the reason we think Michelle is going to win tonight is because she has been running a phenomenal campaign. She has all the components that you look for in a competitive congressional race. She's got the infrastructure. She's got the financial resources. And on top of that, she's a dream candidate. She's been canvassing this district since she got in the race. She's outraised Colin Peterson. And she has the endorsement of President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. So we are very encouraged, and we know we're going to be celebrating with her in just a couple of hours in terms of Colin Peterson, he's been in office. I think I might have just been going into junior high when he was first elected. And he's out of touch with Western Minnesota. His brand of politics may have worked 30 years ago, but it doesn't work here in 2020. And as we move forward, if you actually look at his voting record, 
he's voted with Nancy Pelosi 85% of the time. That is not Western Minnesota. So he might hold an important chairmanship, but again, is he really fighting for the farmers? Is he really fighting for the agriculture community? I think his time has passed and it's time for him to enjoy retirement. We will see how that plays out in November. I mean, I think a lot of people in this district are going to say, hey, he's been there for a long time. He gets ag. So so we'll see. But I also want to talk about a big race in Minnesota where I think there can be some opportunity to ride President Trump's coattails is the Jason Lewis, Tina Smith race. I just mentioned this new poll shows Jason Lewis within three points. I'm assuming that's within the margin of error. So what's your take on that race? Is there a possibility to flip a Senate seat in Minnesota? Jason Lewis is probably the strongest candidate we've had on the Republican side running for U.S. Senate in maybe you know, 10, 20 years. What he brings with him is a view on policy, a strength around the Constitution, and an ability to reach voters in a way that is authentic and compelling. Jason, again, also, same thing as Michelle Fischbach. He's got all the elements. He's raising the money. He's got a great campaign organization. His message is right. He has traveled around the state two, three, four times over, and he keeps going. Tina Smith, actually, if you listen to her, she is a very weak senator. She's not strong on the issues. She tries to play that middle of the road, take you know the issues that might make people feel good about themselves. But again, she is so extreme, supportive of the Green New Deal, right? used to work for Planned Parenthood. So she doesn't represent Minnesota or Minnesota's values. I think she was lucky in getting that seat. She got an advantage by being appointed by Governor Dayton when Al Franken resigned in disgrace. And then it happened to be a blue wave year. But this is going to be a red wave year. And uh, she will be out very soon. I just got to ask you this real quick because it's taken up so much national coverage and Elon Omar has, you know, been such a national figure since she got into Congress. There's a lot of conversation that this, I think it's Melton Mew, could actually give her a run for her money tonight. Is there any chance that he ends up defeating her tonight? My personal opinion, again, this is not based on any polling or any political scientific information because I do live in that district, the 5th district. I cast my absentee ballot a couple days ago for our Republican endorsed candidate, Lacey Johnson. But I, I think Yelhan Omar is going to win this one. I think um, she will have the support of the base of her party. And even though this challenger has raised a lot of money and has kind of made himself a bit known in the media lately, I just don't see him beating her tonight. Yeah, I don't either. So let's talk about uh, how much time is left for people if they want to get out and vote. Can they still do that tonight? Till when? And when can we start seeing the results? Polls close at 8 o'clock p.m. So hopefully results will start coming in shortly after that. The biggest unknown, and we'll see what happens, is with this change around absentee balloting. So in Minnesota, state law said that your absentee ballots had to be received on election day. Now that's different. They can be postmarked on election day, received two days later. So some of these smaller counties here in western Minnesota, where we are tonight, have already said they won't have their results in tonight. So we'll see how that impacts races around the state and all these contested primaries. But again, we're very encouraged and excited and looking forward to November 3rd. And I think this is going to be a huge year for Republicans. Yeah, it's been incredible, Jennifer, to see the voter turnout, even just from the absentee ballots as of uh, this election year compared to past years. So should be fun to watch. Thank you for the insight. Enjoy tonight. And we'll be talking to you soon, okay? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Again, you heard there, I got until 8 o'clock to get your votes in, but it doesn't sound like we're going to get some results until maybe a day or two away. So please share your thoughts with us here. And what we've talked about on the polling, uh, Joe Biden picking a little California love there, Tupac Kamala Harris. Hopefully you get what I'm talking about because of what Kamala Harris said, because I'm going to 
remind you in a moment in feedback if somebody emailed us about it. Um, and obviously what Jennifer Carnahan said there about the primaries, CD7, Jason Lewis and whatnot. And be sure and stay with us because coming up earlier today, we asked you on our Facebook page, how do you feel about North Dakota being a part of this COVID-19 vaccine pilot project? We got a ton of feedback last night about it. So wanted to ask you that question. If you want to go to our Facebook page, just go to facebook.com forward slash POV now. Take that poll. We'll give you the results at the end of the show. And then you can share your point of view with us easily. Email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We're getting to your points of view coming up right after this.